Welcome back to the Unruly and Co. podcast hosted by none other than yours truly, TK and the Unruly Locals. On today's episode, I have with me Jake and Anthony. Once again, guys, I forgot to hit record. So <laughs> y'all are going to miss out on the first 15 minutes of this wonderful podcast. But without further ado, I'm not going to waste any more time because I already ruined it. Uh, we're going to dive in. Um, this episode, we're going to talk about like just current events. We're going to talk about some gym stuff. Um, really just talking about like your mental as always like i'm always talking about that kind of stuff on the podcast but uh luckily i have a few different perspectives with me today so without further ado let's dive in boys hey man it's okay yeah i know i'm hey. so pissed i'm glad i looked i'm glad i looked <laughs> we dude. did a whole hour of this and it's not recorded. <laughs> oh my god hey, i'm off all day i don't care all i yeah. gotta do is go to the gym <laughs> yeah so dang bro it's okay. I'm I'm annoyed because I feel like a lot of stuff he was saying, bro, that would have been like TikTok worthy. Oh, right? we can still we can still it, it, it absolutely what you mean? Been. If we only if so, what, it was like five minutes yeah, that we talked. So, so um I guess we'll just go ahead and dive back into what we were talking about. Jake, you were saying um just about eating and dieting and stuff I, like that. I had asked because Anthony, you're you're coming up for a show, you said when? In September. Okay. It'll be my first ever show. I'll be a I'll be an old man competing with some young guys. <laughs> um, I'll do the Upstate Classic September 30th. So my coach and I we start uh, prep in May. He wants me to do a five month prep since it's my first show. So I've already been kind of in like a little prep since January. My wife and I every year do a uh, Axe and Sled Supplements has a, a hardworking motherfucker challenge. Yeah. And their whole idea is to get people more involved in taking care of their health. And so I just do it for accountability. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm not – there's some guys in there and chicks in there that have lost amazing weight and transformed their entire life. Yeah. And I just do it for accountability. I like seeing – I always do progress photos. So it's just one of those things where I can track it. Yeah. Um, so I've been in, like, miniature prep, just eating. Um, but now, starting in May, it'll be, like, measuring everything. I already measure everything, but more measurements, yeah. more routine, more, like, timing and everything. So it's going to be a fun – Is that – all the supplements you use is just from Axe and Sledge? Those are, so <clears throat> I use, outside of Axe and Sledge, I'm on testosterone replacement therapy with an HRT clinic called Transcend. Uh, they are out of Michigan. I know who they are. Yeah, so shout out to my rep, Nick Crest. Uh, he's my guy that got me hooked up. You know Chris Fail? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was diagnosed with testosterone when I was still in the Army, okay. OT at 26. So at 26, I had a three or four testosterone level. And which isn't horrible, but at that age range, it's supposed to be in like the 700s. How yeah. did you feel? Oh, well, that was a thing. Like my wife and I had noticed that I'd been like fluctuating weight. I'd go like really heavy, really low. My mood would be really high, really low. And so my wife was like, I think you have either a thyroid issue or testosterone. She goes, I'm swinging more towards testosterone. And my wife's a nurse. My wife's an ICU nurse. And uh, so we went to my doctor at the time. Uh, it's not the same doctor I have now, but <clears throat> she walked in and, and he's like, so what's the issue? I was like, went over this. He goes, I think of a thyroid issue and I was still like not as heavy as I am in the gym now, but I was still working out regularly. Yeah. And there's, there's no way he's got low T and my wife goes, Oh, he's got low T. It's low T. It's a hundred percent low T like most doctors, not all of them, but she's like, you're a nurse. Shut up. That's pretty much the, like his attitude towards her. And so my wife was like, you got low T. So we love work. We, uh, I had to do a business trip to Tennessee. And so we're up in Tennessee. I got my report report back and uh testosterone low. She goes, I told his ass. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, uh, it was it June of 2021? Oh, no, June of 2020, I feel like. Yeah, June of 2020. Um, I'd lost weight. I'd gone from like 250 to 214. And I was like, hey, my, my doc at the time, um, I was like, hey, I want to do full blood work and see what my levels were because I was feeling good. <clears throat> I didn't have any of the issues I was having before. I was, I'd plateaued in the gym, 
Yet, as far yeah. as weight, just hit the <laughs> yeah, um, And I was like, I just want to do full blood work. And uh, I was like, hey, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I want to get all these levels checked. He's like, all right, cool, let's do it. So uh, levels came back. We're out at the lake, and I got my levels back, and he sent me a message when he got them. He goes, um, you have extremely low testosterone. I was like, well, what's the level? He goes, 151. I was like, what? He goes, like, is it, miss, is it missing a zero? He goes, no. And I was like, so I have the test. He's like, yeah. He's like, we can put you on testosterone replacement if you'd like, and, um, but you don't have to. And so I ca- talked it over to my wife, and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I want to be on TRT. And I did it for about six months with my primary care, and I didn't really enjoy the cycle because it was like 200 milligrams per milliliter once a week. And I was like, hey, I feel like crap after my second week. Can I do 100 mils every week? He's like, that's fine. Can I ask you what that what that looks like? Like how, how um, do you – So I have the, – the doctor at the primary care was like small little like five mil vials. And so – 200 would be almost that full vial once every two weeks. So I went to 100, which is basically half the vial on a syringe. Um, so it'd be 0.5 mils, mLs per milligram. So that's about 100 milligrams per milliliter twi- or once a week, um, which I'm on double that now a week with my hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. So I'm on 200 to 250 every week. So I take two shots a week. And then when I went to my HRT clinic, they were like, hey, we need to also get you on a supplement that's going to help regulate your free testosterone, which a lot of people don't know, and I didn't know, beyond not doing any research on it, whether you're taking what I call, what people call steroids, or I call gear. Whether you're taking gear, like you're taking test E or test C, and you're not taking anything, or you don't know what your levels are, you can screw yourself up. Yep. And then if you're <laughs> someone that's younger, like my age or younger, and you're taking all this stuff, and you have no idea what your levels are, and you're taking, let's just do bodybuilding amount of testosterone I'm taking five migs a week you're gonna spike your testosterone level and when you cycle off your body after that so many longer being on it your body's like hey we don't need to produce testosterone so yeah, your testicles shrink you don't have any free and then you got to stay on it yeah and yes. so but because i've had low t i'm gonna have to stay on it regardless if i chose bodybuilding as a career yeah. like to pursue so i take a supplement called hcg and i can't remember the breakdown of what that's called but i take that um 13 units and an insulin syringe sub q which is into your stomach or into fat um, twice a week. So I give it the same time I give my testosterone. So it keeps my body's regular testosterone producing. And that's, and so anybody listening, that's having, you've gone through like mood swings, you've got a, a, a weight issue where you fluctuating a lot of weight, go get your, and you're a dude, um, or you identify as a dude, whatever, um, go get your levels checked. And even if you're a female and you've been finding like you have mood swings, you get real irritable, you're, you get real emotional. Anybody that's having issues, go get all your levels checked. Get, go to an HRT clinic. There's plenty of them out there that do mail order clinics and they're great. Transcend is the company I use. Go get your levels checked and then you'll be able to pull everything. And so I'm on <clears throat> 200, 250 migs of testosterone a week with my HCG. And then they've got me on a peptide called CJC 1295 ipropylene which is a uh, peptide of amino acid similar to H, uh, human growth hormone. And so it triggers my body to release more growth hormone, not to give me more growth hormone. Yeah. So it's different than HGH on a steroid gear level. Um, and then I'm on <clears throat> cholesterol support for it, fish oils, all this stuff is prescribed. But it's, it's my energy in the gym has gone up. My size has gone up. Um, my sex drive has been great. And, and that's, as a guy, that's one thing you want, especially I'm, I'm in my early 30s. I don't want to have a sex drive of a seven-year-old dude. Yeah. I was just like, you know, pop a couple of Viagras and go at it once every three <laughs> years. Like, no. Get I, a honey pack. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you want to, if, you, if you've got a wife or a lady, you want to yeah. be able to perform in the bedroom. And that's my biggest thing with a lot of guys, like, whether you're working out in the gym or not, go get your levels checked. Yep. 
Because there's a lot of food out there nowadays. There's a lot of things in our supplements and our food in our in our food system that, that naturally lower so your testosterone. That's a that's a very good thing. Not trying to get off oh, of that, good. but going into something else. It kind of bugs me the fact that if you look at some of these other countries, they don't allow a lot of the stuff that we allow. Over oh, hundred percent. Like you go go. Uh, my buddy Sam, he was my trainer for uh, when I got back into the gym. He lives in Britain. Uh, Sam Watson, shout out to you, brother. Love you. Um, they don't let them eat Ritz crackers like we do over here. Yeah. They're just they're just sugar candy. That's all yeah. it is. I, I love Ritz crackers. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> my dog does. I will too, destroy bro. them. I ain't had a Ritz cracker in years. What? Dude, I'll go to the gas station right now and buy you a pack of Ritz crackers. <laughs> <laughs> <My> ideal. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like there's a lot of things in the US that other countries like well, not, like just the pharmaceutical stuff. There's only two countries in the world that allow pharmaceutical advertising. New Zealand and the United States. And we are far worse than New Zealand as far yeah. as advertisement. Yeah. But yeah, like you, Red Bull, I mean, Red Bull's a, a Euro company. But Which I guarantee TK's you, got right here. Yeah, well, no, I love Red Bull. <laughs> but there's some of those things like I guarantee you it tastes different over there over there. And yeah. I've never been over yeah. I've never been overseas to taste it anywhere else but the America. Bro, a lot of stuff tastes different overseas. I was gonna sure. say I've heard it tastes yeah, different. Yeah, it does. I think the only thing that probably tastes the same is rip it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, going to the yeah, Dollar Tree yeah, and get yeah, me some rip it. Yeah, that's it, bro. <laughs> so right before um, we restarted this podcast. Yeah. We, <laughs> I'm just like checking to make sure it's still <laughs> recording, bro. Uh, I had asked Anthony because TK is in a bit of a different situation. Uh, you know, I'm a little bigger. I weigh about 210. Um, I think I'm like 155 the other day, which yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's better than me being 138 where I yep. was about like a year and a half ago. So. Hey, man, you look good. But Appreciate I it. think what we, what we were kind of touching on was if – Somebody like TK had wanted to gain weight. We were asking. Uh, I had asked Anthony what you know what he would recommend. Eat. Yeah, well, eat. But I mean, you like if you're someone that's busy, like you work swing shift, like I work swing shift, it's going to be really hard for you to eat eight, ten, twelve meals a day. So with doing that, you need calorie dense foods. Yes. So rice, potatoes. Uh, you might want to be eating more sandwiches with yep. some whole wheat bread. Yep. Um, some good dense. You might want to eat a ribeye a couple nights a week. I mean, because that's a good. Good caloric dense food, a good my, uh, healthy salad. My like my breakfast usually if I'm like trying to eat before going to the gym. Some people may do it differently, bro. The quickest thing that I'm doing, I'm eating like eggs and a lot of French toast, bro, <laughs> because it's just packed. I, dude, I hadn't had French toast in so long, bro. It I don't know, it works, but you got to think about like that's well over a thousand calories. Oh yeah, it's got to be. Oh, it, it, I mean, from the eggs. From the bread, and then when you add, like, the syrup. Yeah. Shout yeah. out, Brittany. My fiance can cook some French toast. TK came she over. She burned it that one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Brittany. I went the bus. <laughs> <laughs> she burnt one piece of French toast in 12 pieces. <laughs> hey, we still ate it, though. It was good. It was delicious. Well, I mean, like, when my wife and I first got moved in together and we got married, my wife, she cooked me a steak, and I love her to death. She is far better of a cook now than she was six years ago, seven years. Is she going to listen to this episode? I'm going to tell her to. <laughs> uh, she cooked a steak, and I bit into it. I was like, what did you season this one? She's like, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I was like, it tastes like a salt lick. Bro, <laughs> hey, I got to say this, bro, It's because it's, it's my podcast. There's some demographics out there. And ethnicities that do not know how to season food. And I just want to tell y'all, salt and pepper is not seasoning, okay? 
white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. No, hundred percent. No, I grew up. I grew up with a uh, my my mom's dad is a when he was alive. He passed away. Uh, well, five years ago now. That man, we would have big dinners, and I'm talking about like lamb chops, mm. lamb roast, garlic, garlic. Like they, my aunts and uncles would fight over clove garlic in this lamb, like fight, and like pepper, Italian seasoning. They used to cook. My my nanny would make homemade meatballs with spaghetti. Yeah, bro, like their food was always tasted. See my and seasoned. My um, I've been lucky. Like my food from my. My mom and, like, my grandparents has always been good. My grandfather was actually a cook in the Army back in the day. So then when he got out of the Army, he um he set up off of 421. It was Holly's Barbecue Restaurant. I think I passed that the other day. Well, so, like, now it's the little Jamaican spot. Yeah. But it used to be a barbecue restaurant. And, bro, so I'm, like, very partial to people's barbecue. Oh, yeah. But my grandfather was always able to cook. I mean, and then they retired in North Carolina uh, on the intercoastal waterway. So, like, all the seafood I ate growing up was fresh, bro. See, like, he went out and, like, got, like, pulled his crab pots in the morning. He pulled his fishnets, all that stuff, bro. So, like, luckily, my family know how to season food. I can't speak for the rest of y'all, but. Uh, yeah, no, like, I grew I grew up, my grandparents owned a beach house in Edisto. Okay. So, all my childhood, we had fresh seafood. Like, yeah. we would go crabbing. We would yep. go fishing in the creeks. Yeah. And so, I'm, and my, my wife's family, they invited me over when we were still dating. Hey, we're doing a low country boil. And like me, low country boil was blue crab, shrimp, yeah, all corn, that, potatoes, yeah. sausage. So I get over there expecting to have blue crab, and it's just shrimp. I'm like, this is this isn't a low country boil. My wife's like, shut up. I was like, no, it's not. I was like, so I said <laughs> something. I was like, hey, can we just call this a shrimp boil from now on? She goes, why? I was like, well, low country boil includes blue crab or crawfish. Yeah, and uh, we don't have any of that, and I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> and and but like now, like even now, my my mother in law Kathy, she's an amazing woman. She'll give you a shirt off her back. I don't care if it's the last article of clothing. And she now she because she knows that I consider low country boil with all that stuff. She's like, hey, we're having shrimp boil. You guys want to come over? Oh, 100. Yeah, I love shrimp just as much as I love blue yeah. crab. But growing up eating fresh seafood every day, yeah. Like Red Lobster is just it's garbage. It's garbage. It's, yeah, it's, it's garbage, McDonald's yep, of, of yep, seafood. Yep, garbage. But yeah, no. Like eating that fresh. Oh, dude. Yeah. Good blue crab. Good <laughs> flounder. Yeah. My my grandmother, my grandfather would smoke uh, mullet and make mullet dip. Ooh man! It wasn't until like I was like eighteen, nineteen years See, old I like, finally had it. My grandma, they would make uh, crab puffs. Oh yeah. Um. Sometimes my grandfather would like deep fry. I think like the soft shell crabs or whatever. Yeah. Um. And I mean hush puppies, all that stuff. Oh yeah, she crab, she crab soup, or she crab sandwich. Bro. Y'all notice I ain't said nothing. It's because my family was the uh, was the non seasoning white <laughs> folk. <laughs> That's tragic, bro. A little bit of salt. Little bit of pepper. <laughs> no, yeah, I um, you I swore it tasted good though, didn't you? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, but but see, like if you grew up in a household yeah. where you, you don't have like like my biological father's family, I think we have second or third generation Italian Americans. I was about and to so, ask. Like, my mom remarried to my dad, who's, who is my dad? My dad is my dad. Like, my biological dad's a piece of shit. No offense to anybody that gets offended by nope. that. Nope. If you're but, a deadbeat, you're a deadbeat. But my dad is my dad. <laughs> my life wasn't perfect growing up, but yeah. my dad is my dad. Yeah. And so I grew up in a very, like, my dad's side of the family was very much like your family. Like, their their food wasn't always seasoned the way I was used to it. So it was really bland. But like yeah. when we went to my mom's side of the family, dude, I got an uncle who could put, uh, what's that lady that cooked that went to jail? Um, God, what was her name? Um, she's friends with Snoop Dogg. God almighty. Oh, Martha Stewart. Martha yeah, Stewart. Martha. <laughs> he, he, he is the male version of Martha Stewart. He can cook, clean, sew. He's a great chef. Yeah. But the, one of those things, like he, what was it, two, three years ago, he brought for Christmas, he had experimented with deviled eggs. And you 
normal deviled eggs are pretty simple. I don't eat deviled eggs, bro. Bro, he brought in pulled crab, pulled blue crab with deviled eggs, shrimp with deviled eggs, pull out turkey sausage, like wild caught turkey, like shot turkey sausage with deviled eggs. So that and the blue crab were okay. That shrimp, I was like, man, I don't. Everybody else loved it. I was like, I don't, I don't really like it. Though. <laughs> but that's how he, he he is. He's got three or four Rectex. That's gas, bro. And just, shrimp. I bet it was good. I don't he, even like deviled eggs, but I bet that was like stuff. But that's but that's how like the difference in family, the difference yeah. in like where you yeah. grew up, and like how you and like you, you'll find it a lot, especially around here. Like there's more and more this area grows up. There's a lot more different cooking. Like there's yeah. a Jamaican place on 421. There's another yeah. uh, Caribbean choices in Graniteville. Yeah, dude, that lady makes them. Amazing oxtail. For real? But see, like, growing up, I never got to experience any yeah. of that stuff. It wasn't yeah. until, like, I moved to Athens. And if anybody lives in Athens, Georgia, you got to go see Kelly's on Lumpkin, down the road from Cane's. Kelly's Jamaican. Kelly is from the island. The nicest man in the world. He makes some of the best jerk chicken I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. I've been searching for jerk chicken that tastes anywhere close to what this guy makes, and I cannot find it. Dude, when I used to work in Athens. Road trip. Yeah. yeah. When I used to work in Athens, we worked – down towards Bogart, which is on the outer skirts of Athens, we would make at least one trip a week, lunch-wise, and go eat at Kelly's. So my wife's a Georgia Bulldog fan. Every time we go to Georgia, we go to Kelly's. Anytime I'm traveling through Athens, I go to Kelly's. Yeah. They're closed on Mondays. Don't don't get heartbroken by that. Like I found bro, out. Forgot. That, it's a lot of places that are closed on Mondays, yeah. bro. Like even around here. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of barbecue places so that are closed wild. on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, that's wild. But Kelly's makes jerk chicken, oxtail, plantains, oh, spicy cabbage, spicy squash, and then he makes like this sweet cake cornbread. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, I'm getting hungry thinking about that. <laughs> but like, it wasn't until like I joined the army, got to experience different foods, like go to San Antonio, experience different foods down there that I really started enjoying more of that that diversity yeah. of food. Because yeah. like, dude, I ate pad thai for the first time when I was in Tampa, when I was, t- I was part of the army combatives program down at uh, Army Reserve Medical Command. They were like, hey, we're going to eat Thai food. And I was like, I was like, is it, I was like, is it Chinese food? Like, no. Nah. Bro, they went to this little hole-in-the-wall place. They brought out some pad thai, and they brought out some uh, pho. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And I've been hooked since then. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever su- eaten sushi was in Tampa. Yeah. And, like, I now, I like sushi, but I prefer fresh sushi. Like, right yeah. off the Gulf, I can go eat sushi there. But my wife will tear up some Kroger or Fresh Market sushi. I'm not one of those people. I, I can't I take fresh. that risk, dog. I ain't going to I want it fresh. It. Yeah. I want yeah, it. I that day it was caught. It was cooked. It was, yeah. it was sliced up today. Yeah. So to recap another thing, um, I had brought in uh, Bojangles yeah. this morning, and uh, which was, you know, for a health and fitness <laughs> somewhat podcast. Jake got to get this off his chest, bro. It might not have been the best thing, but I did it on purpose because I wanted to get into, you know, how everybody's diet looks and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, so Anthony and I met each other at, um, at, uh, we go to the 24 seven fitness gym right down the road from my house, but it's on, uh, on the North side of Aiken. South um, Richland. Yeah. It's the one, look it up. It's the one that Mark Wahlberg goes to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, famous for that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I met him there and, uh, I had asked him you know, something about creatine, and this man gave me a whole um, more plates, more dates spiel. And uh, so I wanted to ask you, what's your workouts looking like right now? Um, I'm a pretty much a, a bro split, push-pull pull, push pull legs. So yep. Monday is typically a push-day chest. Um, I do throw some triceps in there. Tuesday is usually like shoulders, upper back. Uh, Wednesday is my back day. 
Um, Thursday's my biceps, triceps, abs, calves, and I'm trying to do calves almost every workout because I've got I've got really small calves, and when I work them out, they get them a little bit more bigger. And then Friday is my favorite day of the week. It's leg day. I'm one of those people I like working chest, but leg day, when I go in there and embarrass people in the gym, like when you're over there squatting two plates and I put on four, you know, it's not that I have a big ego. It's just I like lifting heavy. Yeah. I like that Ronnie Coleman. I grew up in that lifestyle watching yeah. Ronnie Coleman, and, you know, and Branch Warner, like, lift heavy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, lightweight, baby. What's your set rep uh, range looking like? Um, it depends. So, like, chest, right now I'm, I'll am i switch. Sometimes i am go, like, uh, if I'm going real heavy, I'm keeping it between five, six reps. Um, if I'm – if I want to look, like last Friday, I did legs and I stopped at two plates, but I was doing, did 135 for a warm up and then 135, I'd go down below parallel, come back up halfway, back down, back all the way up Jeez. before I counted one. So mm-hmm. I did two sets of that at 135 and then three sets at 225 at that and then went to front squats. And I just concentrated on s- slow time under tension. Yeah. Six reps at the most, maybe four sets. And then I went to leg extension. And then it all depends on how I'm feeling and what I'm wanting to focus on. Um, most of my set ranges are um, maybe four to six, depending upon what the exercise. Shoulders just a little bit more, arms just a little bit more. And then rep range, again, it depends, like, how I'm feeling. Like, I'm one of those people, I don't have a, a log workout, but I have it in my head, like, what I want to feel. And then as I'm getting into it, if I start feeling more connection in a certain exercise, I'm spending a little bit more time in it. So, like, my favorite chest exercise is incline bench, whether it's barbell or, or dumbbell. And then they've got a machine at the gym that I like hitting it just in case, like, I don't want to balance I actually want to force and put time under tension, not worry about the balance or dying underneath the bar. Yeah. Um, so I'll do that. I'll slow it down. I'm doing like a one, two, three, pause, press up. Yeah. And then I'll do that for four. I, I personally, the so when I got with my coach, and I haven't been with him uh, probably almost like six months now, and I'm just now like diving back into it, and I'm doing push-pull legs. Today's leg day. Can't wait. Are um, you just, TK, are you just working out three days a week or what you working yeah, out? Yeah, just doing push-pull legs, just trying to, like, get that discipline and consistency, yeah. and then I'll, like, dive back into, like, working and everything individually. That is one of the best ways. To, that's how my trainer was when I got He's like, go three days a week. Yep. At the most four. Yep. We're going to do, we're gonna do, do, do three. Do three. Yeah. Just get there three days a week. Yep. And you'll, and you're yeah, great. For sure. And uh, really, like, a lot of mine is, like, for my mental. Oh, Because yeah. I noticed that, like, everything was dying off, like – um, just my mental was dying off, how I was responding to situations, how I was taking care of myself, what I was allowing. And then kind of like when this podcast started flowing and like everything else started flowing, I was like, all right, bro, like, I don't want to speak on anything I'm not doing. Um, and I just really want to have a lot of more accountability. And I feel like that'll fuel all that. And I just want to like get bigger again. Cause like the biggest I was, was like 160 and I was at 138. Yeah. And so that was amazing, bro. I felt better. I felt like, like I said, like my, my mental toughness was a lot better. And it was because, you know, I was dealing with everything in the gym. And uh, so anyways, um, I would say my favorite thing to do is definitely shoulders. But also at the same time, oh, what I was talking about was benching. So my coach took my bench from 135. I couldn't ever get over 145 for some reason. Literally, when he showed me how to bench and like what to do and how to prep, for it and like doing your like other exercise that help build bro i put up 235 like it was nothing yeah within like three or four months and i was like holy yeah so i I was there's a lot of things you have to there's a lot of things to do prior and that's the younger generation if you come into the gym and you ego lift and you work out at my gym i'm gonna say something to you 
And it's not that I'm going to try to insult you. I'm just going to give you some advice. Yep. And I'm oh, at least 10 years older than you, at least on, on a, on a good day. A lot of people can't check their ego though, bro. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that I really liked about Anthony. He works out. We were talking about this a little bit too. He works out with a guy uh, named Forrest. We call him Thor uh, yeah. at the gym. <laughs> However, Anthony's, Bigger than Forrest. I'm, I'm, shorter, Forrest. I'm shorter and stubbier, as Forrest would say. <laughs> uh, and as in, as Chris Seabum Chris says all the time, skinny bitch. No, Forrest <laughs> I is, love Seabum, bro. Forrest is about 6'1". Um, he's maybe, I think the last time we had him talk when he was like 210. But he's a skinnier version of Thor. But he pulls more than I do on deadlift. He can pull raw 520. Yeah. Jeez. And Guys. I can pull 525 strapped with hand straps and a belt. I'm talking yeah. about raw. No belt, no straps, just chalk. But the good, the, the cool thing about... Anthony and Forrest is that at the gym, they will come and say something. You know, I, I think when I, I spoke to them the first time, um, they had wanted to like help me work out, help me, help me change. And, you know, something that I was doing and I appreciated that them coming over. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't a, like, I, I want you to do it this way. Cause you're doing it wrong. It was more Let's, uh, you know, it was more they wanted to show companionship by coming yeah. over. And yeah. And that's that's a lot. There's a lot of people that get caught up in the social media of the gym, the TikTok of the gym. Like, hey, there's a gym creep or hey, this is how. I go to the gym the same way you do. If I didn't go to the gym, I'd either be in jail or an alcoholic. Yeah. Like I go to the gym yeah. not only for my physical health, but for my mental health. Like, yeah, my, absolutely. I'm the same way, dude. My anxiety, my anxiety has gone down. My depression has gone down. My ability to just be happier in my own head has gone up. Yeah. And when I'm in that gym, whether it's an hour to two hours, sometimes like day or two hours, dude, I'm battling everything in my head. Yeah. And everything that's been for that. Bro, it just depends on which demon of the day it exactly. is. Honestly, I bro. tell people that all like, the time. Like, real. go to the gym and battle your demons. Yeah. Like David Goggins says, you know, you're gonna walk in that room and we're naked choke those motherfuckers. Yeah. And you but like a lot of people don't they're they're battling so much other stuff outside of their own head. They never take that time to self-care. Bro, and you have to. It's so – this. that's, like, my favorite thing to get into, bro. The more that you run away from that stuff, bro, it's going to keep showing up. Oh, I mean, it's it, – it's, I moved – so I was – I lived in Buffalo, New York with a girl I was dating. Um, she was she was about 11 years older than me when I was dating her. And I moved home because I went to uh, Army Drill Sergeant School. Mm-hmm. And I went to Drill – I was supposed to go to the end of January. It ended up going, like, end of February. And my relationship with this chick had gone to shit real he, quick. It had he, been, he looked like a drill sergeant. But I just hope you know, you ain't finna yell at me on my podcast. I just, hey, don't get it twisted, cuz. Um, I'd gone to drill sergeant school. I made it three days and I did height and weight. And like I had checked out mentally. I completely checked out. Like Not only had that gone to crap, I've been trying to postpone my college degree. And they call me the day I process into drill sergeant school. Like, okay, uh, we need you to get this paper notarized and faxed back to us within eight hours. I call him. I was like, how do you want me to do this? Yeah. Well, just print it out. How? What do you mean? I'm at drill sergeant school now. I don't have access to a computer. I called you about this four months ago. Yeah. So not only did I have to drop out of college and now later on pay the VA bet like $1,600. Jeez. My relationship that I had moved up and left my family and everything to move up to New York for had gone to crap. So mm-hmm. I could go to height and weight. I weighed like 193. I missed tape by 3%. Like when, when, when I'm in tape, yeah, if you don't make weight in the army, you have to get taped. You get your, uh, your abdomen and your neck tape. And I missed it by 3%. So it's me and this other female mm-hmm. soldier. I was an E5. And they pull us in there with the commandant's office. And this chick goes to, I made tape at my unit, da, 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 da. And they go, hey, Sergeant Krebs, what's your excuse? I was like, I fucked up. And like the, the Sergeant Major was like, he got big eyed mm-hmm. for a second. And he was expecting me to like blame everybody. I was like, it's nobody's fault but my own Sergeant Major. 
I said, I let myself go to waste. Uh, so it's supposed to be in his last cycle. I said, but something messed up. I said, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't PT. Um, and uh, it's my fault. He's like, all right, drill sergeant so-and-so is going to take you back, get your stuff. You can go. I left that day. That chick stayed like another two days. They let me go that day because I took accountability for my fault. It wasn't nobody else's fault. They taped me like six times yeah. before I went to the commandant. The biggest thing is being able to like recognize like where you messed up at, bro, and take accountability and then move from there, bro. Yeah. Move from there. Use that. Learn from it and then move. Well, see, so like you talk about mental health. I moved home at 25, 26 years old, back in with my parents with two dogs with $70,000 in debt. I was making $10 an hour working for a beverage company. It had gotten real deep. I yeah. mean, I got, I, I was going down that dark, dark yeah. hole. Yeah. To the point where I had a plan. Like, I was going to off myself. I had applied for a real nice job. And my buddy, who owns uh, Number One Market, him and his parents own Number One Market, uh, Dustin Moore, he saw that. And he's one of my closest, only civilian friends, other than you and, and a couple other people. But, yeah. like, that, then, then that time, he's like my only civilian friend. Only. I applied for a job working for a nonprofit that worked alongside Wounded Warrior Project. And I was well under their, in my opinion, under who they were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So I had already made a plan that weekend. That was it. I felt like a failure. I was, I'm the oldest of, of my mom's two. I'm the oldest of my biological dad's five. So I was the, you know, the go-getter kid, the successful kid, the, always the kid that got stuff done. Here I am living with my parents. I've fallen flat on my face. I'm $70,000 in debt. And I'm making ten dollars an hour. I fucking suck. There's no other way. There, um, I think this kind of goes back to it and what I use it for. Um, Shia LaBeouf talked about that with John Bernthal. Yeah, he was like, the bottom is not when you feel like you've reached the bottom. The bottom is like when you can't like finesse your way out of that situation anymore, and you like truly have to deal with like what you've caused and figure that way out. That's when you've hit the bottom. And that, bro. that, that is where I was at. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay that. My mom had given me money. Yeah. Like out of her savings. She's like, yeah. don't have to worry about paying it back. And I was like, so I'm my buddy and I've been drinking with my buddy every day after work. And this was a Thursday and that was, I, that Saturday was going to be it. Like I'd already planned it. And, um, they call me the contracting company and they go, Hey, they're going to offer you tomorrow. They're going to offer you this job. Dude, I cried. I cried. I told, I, matter of fact, I didn't talk about this for, this is only like fourth or fifth time I've talked about it. Damn. Well, I appreciate you but sharing like, it, bro. We were at the Masters. My, my, I ended up leaving that company to go do some other stuff, but my old director and, and CEO called me back to come host a couple of my VIPs at the Masters. And so we were given tickets to go to Bertman's place. So if you've never been to the Masters, Bertman's is kind of like, the VIP the tickets are like five grand a pop and you Jeez. have to be invited to buy these tickets. So someone had donated. We also live like 30 minutes from the masters. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they, someone had donated these tickets. I, I don't know if I can say who, but someone very connected to donate these tickets. And one of the guys worked for a bank and was reprehensive about trying to get funding to our organization. And that was the first time I like really thought about it, how that company saved my life. Yeah. How, how America's warrior partnership, Jim Lorraine and Cherie, Saved my life. Like it, it, I told him, I told him the whole thing. I was like, dude, I was going to kill myself. I was going to straight up that weekend. If I had not gotten that job offer, that was it, dude. Yeah. I had checked out. I, I didn't know what else to do with my life. And that day, that was it. I was like, never fucking, I'm never going down this hole again. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And from then on, I battled all these little demons of it. And I never allow myself to get that deep in Yeah. Me, ever. Yeah. Because it's one of those things is like, 
and even being a mental health specialist in the army, it's like, I can't believe I'm thinking about this shit, but it's like, I I don't have any other choice. Yeah. Like I failed my family. I've disgraced my family name. And then I get this call Thursday. Hey, they're going to offer you the job tomorrow. And I cried like this. It just saved my life. And then the truly like being able to do what I did with that company, managing organizations in Charleston and, and, and Greenville and California and meeting people from all walks of life and seeing the impact that organization had and being part of that impact, like just changed everything. And then you get in those little ruts, like everybody gets in a rut and you get back from deployment you get back, you break up with somebody, you, you, you leave a job, you get in these ruts. You're just like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it all it takes is either you making that personal choice or someone like my old trainer, Sam going, Hey, you're going to die. if You don't take care of yeah. yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's all it takes is like you going, Hey, I need to do this for my own mental health, bro. I, I really, and I, everybody knows like my back sport backstory and everybody knows like what I've talked about some of the other pods, but, uh, I really did, man. I got I got tired of being called a twig. I got tired of like disrespecting myself. I got tired of feeling like I was failing doing this or doing that. And somehow I just started I think I started listening to Andy back in like twenty it had to be twenty twenty. And just listening to what Andy talks about all the time and then the David Goggins rolls yeah. in and then all these other and so I just started like fueling my brain with stuff like that instead of just always trying to like play the video games or sit here and like just go out and waste money doing this or just go out and being around like the way I look at it is like low vibrational people and I don't get big into the energy but like people that are not helping me like pursue what I want to pursue and it's not that I'm like relying on them but it's just if you if you're not like bringing something to the table if you're not pouring into my cup then bro I cannot I can't give you that access. Or I can't give you that energy, bro. You're, you're the sum of all the people you hang around with. Yep. Yeah, that's a fact, bro. Yeah. That's a fact. And like, I like they always talk about, bro, I don't want to be the smartest in the room. I don't want to be the richest in the room. I just want to be in that room yeah. with those people. Yeah. Because okay. then that is going to elevate me because you're going to see those things that they have. And a wise person, instead of sitting there and feeling envious and being like, oh, well, why do they have it? And I don't have it. I can't stand people yeah. like that, bro. You need to look at like what you're not doing. And why you're not there. And then you need to ask them, hey, how can I get here? And now that I'm seeing stuff like that, there's people that are starting to pop into my life that are able to show me things like more people are um, like one opportunities with a podcast. There's now that I'm trying to learn more about financial freedom and stuff that's popping up now that I'm like getting serious. Because when I was working out before and I put on all that weight, I was doing it all out of hate, yeah. all out of like trying to prove this person wrong. And in a sense, that should drive you, but that should not be your biggest well, that, drive. That, you'll because be surprised how far that hate will get you. And then when you finally get it out, boom. And yep. that's what happened to me, bro. And so now it's like, hey, I'm getting serious. And then look what happens. Jake's like, oh, I have a friend. And boom, I didn't even, until today, I, ne I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know anything about his story. And now this is somebody that is very wise with stuff in the gym that is like, oh, I just made a whole connection. Yeah. And I feel like now that I'm reaching out and searching for some of these opportunities, the right people are literally just coming into the door. Bro. Oh yeah, dude. It's, it's one of those things that like, I'm the same way. If I have, like I said earlier, I only have very few civilian friends and my buddy, Dustin, he owns number one, him and his parents own number one market over there in Clearwater off the Cherokee and, and Aiken Augusta highway. When he went to his dad about making hats, his dad was like, this is a dumb idea. Fast forward almost 10 years later, and they've expanded their entire shop, and that makes over three-quarters of the profit in the building. Hey, let's go. Like, he is an entrepreneur. Yeah. He married into an entrepreneur family. 
And this man is a genius. Yeah. I, I love, he's, I have an actual blood brother. We don't talk anymore for, for reasons. Um, part of that probably being me, but Dustin and I are closer than my actual blood brother. And that upsets my, my parents a little bit, but I tell people all the time, like blood, blood and friendship aren't the same. Nah. Like I have guys that I never even served with that were just veterans. If I called my buddy Andrew Ellis up right now and go, I'm in trouble. He lives in Greenville. If I'm in trouble, dude, I need your help. All right, I'm on the way. I call oh. I, I call my old staff sergeant, who's in Germany. Hey Jim, I need help, man. I I got I got All one, and I know that he listening. If I call my boy Davis right now, on the way. Yeah. If I call my boy Thomas, on the way. If I call my boy V, on the way. If I call my buddy V from my deployment, on the way. And those are the kind of people that like you have to have certain people like that. Don't I don't want to be around somebody that's like, yeah, bro, what's up? No, that's. Nah, that's D- yeah. Dustin and I hang out <laughs> maybe once a month. We smoke cigars and we talk and we just bullshit. Yeah, but Dustin and his wife Rachel are having their first kid in April, and I am ecstatic for this guy. Yeah, I am so ready to be uh, be an uncle to this kid. It's not yeah. even funny. Yeah, and it's just like I love seeing the success this guy brings to the room. Yeah, I tell you, I send him. Text I love messages being randomly. around people like that, bro. Yeah, just like if you got friends mother- like that that just randomly send you, like, hey man, I love you and I'm proud of you. I send that to him. Yeah, I love you and yep. I'm proud of you, man. If I you don't. ain't if you ain't got people like that, bro, you you don't need them. Yeah, I, I definitely that was one thing I wanted to work on more this year is because I'm 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 in the same boat. Like I I feel like a lot of my friends and I'm I don't know if I asked you guys. I, I don't know. I'm 25. Um, TK, you're what 31. 20... 31? God almighty. I know I'm bald, but I'm 27, bro. I'll be 33 next month. Dang, yeah. So, you know, at 25, I'm still – I think, too, with COVID, and I I haven't touched on it, but with COVID, I um, I feel like my life from high school, college, and after college has kind of been a blur because as soon as – I was an exercise and sports science major, which is one one reason I I really enjoyed talking to Anthony, uh, was because I you know I I knew quite a bit about the gym and I played soccer, so I was in the gym, um, a lot, and I worked in the gym going through college. But when I was going to college, I I was just going because my uh, my dad wanted me to go, and so when I finished. Um, when I finished, I wanted to move to Atlanta and work in film, something completely different. And I did. I moved to Atlanta, and uh, I was working. And uh, I graduated in 2019, uh, December 2019. And uh, so I worked for about three or four months, and I was working as a stuntman uh, by the end of it. And I was about to be on a uh, Sylvester Stallone movie um, as a stuntman. And then COVID hit, and I was – Stuck in Atlanta, and the first time ever that the film industry, like, shut down, and I was there in the middle of Atlanta with no one, and I was just working, and I feel like because I made that decision and because COVID happened, I feel like there was nobody. Like, I I have one real good friend um, that lives in Atlanta still that, I mean, he's my best friend, but... It is hard to like, you know, I got my family and that's, that's kind of like, because I made that decision and moved away, like I'm trying to make better connections with people. You know, I feel like a lot of the times I'm just going through the motions of living and, and, uh, 
you know, Brittany's been a, a really, a really big part of that. When I moved back here, um, from Atlanta, uh, also the, the day that I realized I needed to move, dude, they were, I went to Walmart to go get toilet paper. This is in Atlanta, mind you. There were people fighting yeah. over the toilet paper. I mean, like actual fist fighting in Walmart. And, uh, I was like, nah, I got, I got to go back home. So <laughs> I ended up moving back home and, uh, met Brittany not later. So, which is, yeah. you know, to me, that was a sign. So my mom has a saying, um, she said, blood isn't always thicker than water, mm-hmm. you know, and water being friends, blood being family. Um, you'd be surprised. Like force is a good friend. Like force and I only met like a year ago and we it talk, don't take guys much to like be it, solid friends. Exactly. Though. But it's I, like, we're both like, hey, man, I'll talk to you later. All right, love you, brother. Love you, man. I keep I keep calling them roommates, even though they don't live together at the gym. I'm like, hey, man, where's your roommate? We, we showed up one day. We're literally wearing the exact same outfit. Oh, not even awesome. playing. Yeah. Not even that's playing. That's awesome. That's where it comes from. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, like, you, if you have if you have friends, whether they're the guys you serve with, your friends you make in the gym, and you become – you start hanging out, especially dudes. Just, I don't know. We're just one of those people, like, I don't know, sex-wise, that are just – you can figure out real quick, hey, you're full of shit. Yeah. I don't want to be around you. And, yeah. But, like, it's not like they're you don't want to be friends with them. It's just, like, you need to just be in the friend zone. Like, it, friend zone and then best friend zone. And it's weird like that. Like, you, especially those guys that we've served, we can go months, if not years, talking to dudes we serve with or didn't serve with or just friends with because we, we're both all veterans. And it's, like, the minute we call, it's like, hey, man, how's everything going? How's yeah. It's like we pick up right where we yeah. left off. Like, this weekend, I'm literally – I haven't seen some of my boys – Um since deployment and then i think we we got together a couple months later because we had there was a memorial service for a guy that we lost and uh but this weekend is my he was like we went all the way from north carolina shout out my boy thomas we went all the way from north carolina to texas to every spot we were in iraq to kuwait to texas to back home like every day i was right next to this dude and uh, this weekend is their baby shower. Yeah. And, I mean, everybody from deployment is about to be there. Yeah. And, bro, I'm stoked. I'm stoked yeah. for it. Because you're, you're being around. There's something about whether you you go to combat or you just serve. Being around people that you're with in the suck with. Yeah. Man, it creates such a bond. Yeah. It's a weird. It's so, it's a lot. It's really weird trying to explain that to civilians. Like, but you're not brothers. Yeah, but I bled with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you're not brothers. Like, I tried to explain this to somebody. I was like, when you serve in the military, it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is, your nah. religious, your, your ethnicity. When you're in a firefight, you're counting on that guy to your, or chick to your left and right to have your back. Yeah. And you're willing to die for that person. Yeah. I said, the civilian world doesn't understand that. Nah. Like, we don't know each other from prior to doing this podcast, but I guarantee right now with us being friends, I'm willing to die for you. Yeah, and it's just because we we understand that that brotherhood that yeah. a lot of civilian po- and it's like it's not a, a a punch at the civilian population, but no, no, we just we just take all of the yeah all of the unnecessary shit like we just take that out and just simplify it. And it's like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do for you. Yeah, this is what you're gonna do for me, and we're gonna go from there. Yeah, well, like, it's like when remember when the AME sh- uh, shooting happened in Charleston when that Bill and Ruth kid. They had Denny's put on a diversity and inclusion training, and they had just a military group. Dude, I am the lowest ranking, least military experienced individual in this group. I'm talking about four star retired generals, my my president, who was a retired colonel. And they got to the question that said, What is the difficulty in the military in um, transitioning and dealing with race? 
And of course, all the officers, I'm the only enlisted guy in here. All the officers gave their answer. And they, I said, I have an answer. I said, in the military, we don't care. You make us identify when we get out. I said, when we're in the military, the only thing that says that distinguishes us from you and me is your nameplate. Yeah. Whether you're a Marine, an airman, a soldier, yeah. a coastie, a sailor, it says U.S. whatever. Yeah. Then your name. Yeah. You are a soldier first. Or you're a Marine first. And so we don't care. I don't care what you do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if I cut you and you cut me, our blood's red. Yeah. So when you make us as veterans now transitioning to the civilian world go, hey, what's your ethnicity? Why do I have to choose? Why? Because at the end of the day, you're my brother. Right? And so that's a lot of things that people get caught up on. Like this guy, that, the, all this and that. Like, no, like just take a step back from the political bullshit of it and go, are they a good human being? Yep. Okay. If they're a good human being, or at least you think they are, be nice to them. Be yep. courteous and respectful to everybody. I just talked about that the other day, bro. It's, <laughs> it's so much harder to literally just be negative, bro. It's, it is very natural for you to just be a nice person, bro. It takes you coming up with all this different stuff in your head. Why? Well, why am I going to not like this person this day? Why? What am I going to say to them this day? How am I going to avoid it? Bro. You ain't even got to go through all of that. If you straight up, if you don't like somebody, just don't be around them. Yeah. But the biggest issue with our generation, and I just talked about this on the other podcast. If you going to follow them on social media, but you would not talk to them in person, why are you following them? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. That's literally just like a immature behavior or an insecurity of your own that you need to get past. That's so stupid. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing well, ever, like, bro. Even at the gym, like I've I've come up to people and like at the gym, I I've been told to look like a serial killer because <laughs> for the longest time I wore shorts with work boots, <laughs> and I get this look on my face like I just want to destroy everything. Yeah, and I was working out. I'd mid set, I I saw this out of my corner of my eye. I can't remember if it was a girl or a young, like an older lady or a young kid. I think it was a young kid, and um, he was with a group of friends that were friends with I think Will, and um, he said something to Forrest. He goes, "He's scary." That might have been the guy that was working out with me. And I Will. think it was. And um, uh, he, he at one point, if it wasn't, there was this one guy that was working out with Will and me and a really good guy. Um, and he was scared to work out with, with Forrest yeah. and, and you. And I get it because, you know, some people when they go in the gym, you know, especially starting off. Yeah. Um, and again, since COVID, it is hard to, for a lot of people to like really, really go in there and com communicate. The gym is a social place. Yeah. I think and, it's Andy even said it. The gym is the only place where we're all equal. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's hard to be social in a world where we haven't been social for so yeah. long Yeah, and we're, we are coming out of that and stuff now, but, um, but yeah, no, I wasn't intimidated by you. I know. I'm not saying you. There's a kid. There was a kid. He said something to Forrest about it. And Forrest came up to him and was like, "You intimidated the shit out of that kid." Well, I've been told. <laughs> I was told at work, um, that I'm overly intimidating and aggressive looking. But I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really not." I don't know. He. I seen him like walk up in the driveway, and I was like. I beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but just like, kidding. No, but like we, we, we but not, yeah. This past match, my buddy Dustin and Rachel, yeah, um, yeah. 
Rachel's parents own Augusta Data Storage, and they had some executives come in, and they were taking them out to dinner, and we yeah. went to um, Docs or Wild Wings, whatever the hell it was then. And I was talking with one of their executives from California, and uh, it wasn't until we got in the car where Rachel said something to me. I was just talking with this guy, you know, just having a conversation. I thought we were doing good, and she said, um, you scared the shit out of that guy. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, he told me before he left, he's like, he really enjoyed talking to you but he's scared to death of you. And I was like, and she goes, who? And she, he pointed at me and he, yeah. he goes, Anthony, <laughs> he's a teddy bear. Yeah. What? Bro. Okay. So let's, I, okay. Go I, ahead. I have my roommate that, uh, but I was living with somebody before I bought my house. Um, shout out to Dave. Dave did bodybuilding and everything. Dave was huge. And Dave was always posting like his gym pics. And yeah. I was like, bro, this dude is a absolute douchebag. Like I can just look <laughs> at him and tell. And then I literally, like, three months later, like, I followed him and I unfollowed him. I was like, bro. And he was, like, friends with all of our car guys. He's got Mustang. Um, so I unfollowed him. Next thing you know, like, three months later, we wound up being roommates. Yeah. And, like, Dave actually helped me, like, get bigger in the gym, helped me understand a lot of things. It was – all it was was literally work, cars, and gym, bro. Yeah. It was awesome. But that's, like, some people – I wasn't intimidated, but like it's just a perception. It's the perception of the person and how they look to yeah. the outside, and that's a lot of things. I and the whole time, y'all be just big teddy bears. Well, it's bro. like, like my for old, real. My old director, I was telling her about this. She's like, "You need to smile more." <laughs> I was like, "What?" She goes, "You have a beautiful smile. Smile more." I was like, "Yeah, but I don't. I don't. Like, I work in an industry where we're not there to be, you yeah, know, photogra- photographic. You yeah. know, we're there to get a job done." She's Bedros like, no. just talked about that on the podcast I was listening to today. He said, uh, everybody always tells me that I have, like, a, a RBF. Yeah. And he said, so, like, the thing I do to combat that is I walk around with, like, a half-cocked smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, like. Just to take the edge off of people sometimes. Just to take sometimes. the edge off yeah. of people. But a lot of times, it's like, once I approach somebody and I talk to them, they're like, oh, he's not yeah. going to kill yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Like, yeah. If you're doing something wrong in the gym and I feel like you're going to hurt yourself, I'm going to come over and help you and out. You should. Like, like, you should. I don't want you to get hurt and not come back because you're I just, scared. I watched a video the other day of a guy. It was He was smaller than me. And he had <laughs> – dude had like three or four plates on the squat rack. Yeah. So he, he walks back and he gets ready to drop. And I mean, he just collapses. And I'm like, bro, one, who's recording the video? Yeah. Two, there's no spot. Yeah. And three, like – why did nobody try to come over, bro? Yeah. Like, for real. I don't, I don't even want to get on uh, all the the trend that's going on right now about have you seen all the people that are, like, videoing. Uh, oh, no, and he's it, looking at me while I'm doing RDLs. Yes. No, I'm not. Like, I'm literally just over here doing my own set. Like, cool. Yeah, there's the Joe Swole <laughs> guy does a lot of, like, breakdown yeah. of that. He's like, why are you being such a retard? Oh, yeah. Why are you being so stupid? Sorry. Yeah. And it's like. If you, I'm one of those people, if you come to the gym, man or woman, dressed like you're going out, people are going to look at you. Yeah, they are. Do not be surprised when someone goes, what the hell is that? Yeah. And that's a look. It's like, why are you wearing that at the gym? Yeah. Like, if I came in the gym with leggings on and a halter top to work out, you would look at me really weird as a dude. Like, why is this big dude wearing So, like, I... I wear stringers and I have no problem. I know people are going to look at me and I'll have a problem. But it's one of those things like if you come to the gym and you are filming yourself at the gym in a public area, one, people are not used to seeing cameras like that, even in today's modern society. And two, it, why? Why do you, unless you are sending this to your coach, why are you filming yourself? That's the only time I film myself is to send the progress or to send to somebody to evaluate. 
hey, how's my depth on this? How's like I, I did 460 on squats a couple of months ago. And the only time I recorded it was when I was I was sending it for it. Hey, is my depth deep, deep enough? Hey, did I go below parallel? Right. right. I don't care to film my workouts other than to, hey, how does this look? Do I need to adjust this. This is a TikTok trend though, man. It is, like, but that's it, like, because the gym is cool now. But I it's can't, yeah. I can't lie. There every now and then I will film myself. Like the other day, um uh I finally my goal since I've been in the gym, well for a while now since I've been in the gym, uh, is I've been wanting to work out with two twenty five. Yeah. So two plates on bench. And uh, I finally got it the other day, uh, actually last month. So this whole month I've been working out with 225. And um, Damn, I feel small. <laughs> no, no, no. No, well, I, I, I want to get into that. But um, but I've been working out with 225, and the first time I hit it, I was like, oh, I got to feel myself. So that's, that's – I get that, but it's the people that, that film themselves and then make fun of – the people around yeah. everybody. Yeah. I hate that. Like, look, hate. watch this dude work out and not know what he's doing. Why are you filming him? Yeah, because you, you, you're doing it for you're doing it for to, to be popular. Like, yeah. no, I'm not. The, I'm not going to film you. I'm going to look at you for a little bit, see if you can figure it out, and then I'm going to come help you. Yeah. Like, there's a young kid that working out at the gym the other day. I was doing arms, and he was over there on the tricep assistant tricep dip, and he was doing the dips. But as he was doing it, he was letting his legs come up, and then press up. I mm. stopped my workout. I was like, Hey, let me show you how to do this right. And I showed him. I turn around in the mirror. He's doing it exactly the way I showed him to do it. Yeah, but nobody had showed him. Yeah, so like people get intimidated, and then they, especially it's me and him, him and his dad, all yeah. the people in the gym. Yeah, and I'm over there doing hammer curls at 50 pounds and tricep pressing 110 on the press down. I can be intimidating, but I'm not going to let this kid one do this wrong and think that's how he's supposed to and do it. And then two, hurt. hurt, yeah, or yep. get hurt. I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah, because okay. it's not right. Let me ask you then. We uh, you mentioned front squats earlier. Um, how do you do your front squats? Do you put your hands on your shoulders? I put the bar on my shoulders, and then collapse the bar. You, like, you, like the bar is going here. Yeah, and I put the like I bring it up. That's what I do as well. Because I can't. I've tried getting my hands like when you're doing a front squat. Like if you were like you see somebody doing on uh, CrossFit, I can't get my elbows back that way, or I can't get my. I need to work on my flexibility with that. What I did used to do was get the straps and then grab it like that, but I still didn't feel secure yeah. in doing that. But like you're talking about benching, dude. Two years ago, I couldn't get 135 up more. And ten reps. Yeah, yeah. Like my last, my last max on bench was three forty. Jeez, but that was almost a year ago now. I have, I don't really max out a lot. I just yeah. try to push the weight a little further than I did yeah. the last time. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what's what's y'all's opinion on maxing out? Um, for me, I'm not really going in there like like I told you. Like I'm going in there for my mental and just to like create the discipline and consistency. Um, so I don't really do like big lifts like that anymore um i barely even like use the barbell i'm usually like on the uh like flat bench and i'm using dumbbells because one i feel like i can control the weight better like you said i can control like the time that i'm pushing um and i feel like it feels more comfortable to me and i don't feel like i'm like hurting myself yeah bench feels very weird uh i don't know what machine it is but it's where you like are you are you seated or are you laying? You're down? seated. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a uh, it's I, like a flat press. Yeah, with the machine. I, I, I love that even, machine. I love that, it. That I hate it. Similar to the machine. I hate it because like my shoulders pop out of socket every time I'm doing it. Try to so, pinch your shoulder blades back. Okay. Next time. Yeah. Like you're almost like you're like this. Yeah. And then don't allow yourself to go below parallel. Okay. With that okay. Um. But yeah. So like I haven't really maxed out lately. Um. Like I said, I I probably will sometime soon. 
Uh, I would like to get back with my coach. Come but, work out with us. Hey, I'm always down, it's, bro. It, maxing out is one of those things. If you're just getting into the gym, it's good to track your progress. Yeah. Someone that – and it also depends on your goal. If your goal is to step on stage and bodybuild or be a fitness physique model, you probably don't want to max out every every month. You, yeah. I mean, you do it once a year. Like, I try to do it once a year just to see where I've gained or lost. Yeah. Um, as someone that's getting into the gym, if your goal is to do 225 for one rep on the bench press or 225 on squats or 225 on deadlifts, once you get it, don't worry about maxing out for a while. Yeah. Go progress up. Go add two mm -hmm. and a half and fives all the way up. Yep. And eventually you'll like a couple, like I sent fours at 460 to 450 squat. I had no intentions of going in there and squatting that much that day. I just felt good. I was like, well, let's see where I'll stop. Cause my goal is to get 500 on the squat. Let's see where I'll stop. I did 435. I was like, well, geez, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. All right, let's do 450. That was real easy. All right, let's do 460. 460. All right, dude. All right. <laughs> but I had no intentions that what my goal for the day is go in here and max out. I feel like just, just see where sometimes I Sometimes like and that's where I had one of my best deadlifts. I think I hit like 305, which is a lot for your body weight. Yeah, and like I just <laughs> my buddy, we weren't even like going to deadlift that day. And my buddy Kyle that doesn't even really work out like that. Like Kyle just is genetically big. Yeah. Like, and uh um, country strong. Yeah. So he walks in he pulls 305 like it was nothing. I was like, bro, I've been stuck at 295 for I don't know how long. Bro, that fueled everything I yep. had. And I wasn't even planning on pulling that day, but I did it. So um, even when I was working out with my coach, we didn't max out every month. We had, like, our load-ups, and then we would deload, yep. and then we would load up. And, and then I think by, like, the fourth or – I think, like, the fourth or fifth month, then yep. that's when we would max out. And then you work back down, and then you build back up. So, yeah, yeah I definitely – I don't want to be trying they're, to max out every month or nothing like that, They're bro. good to track. Like, if you're someone that's trying to get progressively stronger, like, if you're building up to 225, you want to get up to so much weight. Once you hit 225, all right, now we know what your one rep max is. We can take sixty percent of that, or seventy percent. Yeah, and that's of that how we did. We did our up. sixty, yep. our seventy, our eighty, and then you drop, and then yep. 60, 70, 80, and then like you build up. And so and the next time you you max out on your on your your lifts, you should be about ten to fifteen pounds heavier. Yeah, yeah. You you should if you if you're doing progressive overload and you're bearing that pyramid doing the percentages of your yep. of your maxes. Yeah. Well, I told y'all I like um, I love movies and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I love stories, so I I. I don't play, like, multiplayer video games anymore, but if there's a good, like, story video game, I will play it. And I played this game. It's called uh, God of War. And uh, it's called God of War Ragnarok. And in the game, you know, the main character is ginormous. Yeah, he's, huge. he's huge. And they had said um, his son, who's really skinny, asked him, how did he get so big? And he said by discipline and hard work. And uh, a big thing that stuck with me was he said, um, he said that I get this big by lifting heavy weights or hef heavy things and yeah. putting them back down. And so no lies since I played that game, I've been trying to go heavier because I've never really been, been one to, to want to push myself heavier weights and heavier, but, um, like, I I really do understand that as much as I don't like it, I think heavier weights really do. I love I love when it gets heavy, bro. I, I do. I do. I think it's better when I have somebody with me and I can have a spot. But, like, the heavier it gets, that's when people, like, be running away from their weight. Nah, bro. This went, look, 
It's either put up or shut up, bro. Yeah. Well, and, and you, I love it, dude. And but that's I don't understand a lot about the gym. Um, I don't understand like a lot of the the I don't know the statistics of stuff yeah. of really how to get big. But uh, one thing I do understand is that like that muscle failure and like that heavy weight when like when it's really getting hard to push, that's where the growth is. The growth is not in your first or your second or your third set. It's literally when that muscle failure is coming in, bro. And you can you can achieve that muscle failure, that muscle fatigue on a lighter weight by really slowing the rep down. Yep. yep. And it and it I listen to a, a podcast called Think Big. It's uh steroids and gear and, and bodybuilding. So they talk about everything from training to use of steroids to to competitions coming up. But that's one of the things they were talking about the other day was progressive overload. And um, talking about using knee sleeves and knee wraps and stuff along with your workout and how it can affect certain muscle development. They're like, just slow, take the weight off. If you're, if like I can squat 405 for a couple reps, like four or five reps, well, just go down to 225 and do it for five or six sets at six reps at a push pause. Yep. Pause at the bottom, go back up, come back down, pause at the bottom. And dude, my, I had, was it Friday? Friday was the first time I've seen veins in my legs in the 15 <laughs> years I've been working out. Like, those things were popping out of my legs. That's how much blood I'd punched to the muscle. Yeah. But it's one of those things, like, I didn't go really, really heavy. I didn't go super light, but I went right there in the middle where I was comfortable just destroying my legs. Yeah. To the point where I was like, all right, I think I might be able to crawl into my truck today. Yeah. Bro, I had it. Go ahead, Jake. A big thing that helped me, too, um, really, like I said, I'm I'm sticking to bench because, like I said, that's the one that I have really seen myself. You know, I finally got that 225. One thing that helped me was um, hearing somebody saying that the eccentric phase is huge. So you got the concentric phase, which is when you lift the weight, and then you got the eccentric phase is when you, when you pull the weight down. Mm-hmm. And I think going slower and, you know, focusing more on that eccentric phase, I think that's where a lot of – the growth yeah, that it is. Yeah. comes in. And that's a lot of like when you're doing negatives mm-hmm. on a curl. Yeah. Like curl it up. All right. Don't let it go. Don't let yep. it go. Fight yep. it. Fight it going down. Fight it going yep. down. Yep. Dude, you'll feel your body. And it's one of those things like as dudes, bench press and curls are like the things. Everybody wants bigger arms. And it's like there's, there's younger kids that come to the gym. They're always doing curls. Like it just drives me insane. I was like, you realize a third of your arm is your tricep. They're like, what? I was like, yeah. Third of your arm is your tricep. You want bigger arms? Do triceps. Do a brachialis hammer curl. They're like, oh, what? I was like, a brachialis. They're like, what's that? I was like, it's a muscle between your bicep and your tricep. It makes your bicep look bigger because it pushes it out. Yeah. I said, but your arms are going to get bigger if you do triceps. And everybody was like, what? I just saw something the other day about uh, they weren't doing regular tricep extensions, but they like stepped back some. And then when they couldn't do it anymore at like that area they were standing yeah. in then they would move closer and then it's working a whole different part yeah. of your tricep and then you come closer and closer and it was people just don't they just go in there and they just do this dude i it's, it's, my it's not favorite, doing anything for you my favorite tricep exercise is dumbbell french press single arm or double arm dumbbell french press take the dumbbell you're seated and you're behind your arms i hate that bro. i love it i hate it i love it i'll go I as heavy it. as i can go and then i'll i'll throw in like but i think it's because i i probably wasn't doing it right because it always feels so odd yeah it's gonna feel odd yeah um and then i'll go to like i'll get the ropes and i'll do wide until i can't go wide yep. like i'll flare them out and then yeah. i'll just bring it straight down yeah and then i'll just move like i said i don't have a written workout that i'm doing you can I'm, just feel it i'm feeling what 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 yep. feels better to me what feels good to me am i connecting with this muscle that i'm wanting to target and yeah. like my workout is gonna be different than some people's workouts because i'm i'm envisioning posing yeah. When I'm hitting a muscle. Yeah. I'm envisioning that muscle flaring yeah. on stage. 
And everybody that's going to the gym is not going to go get on a you know pair of board shorts for men's physique or a pair of uh, underwear yeah. for classic or bodybuilding. They're not. They're just not going to do it. But for me, like when I go down on stage in September, I want to win. Yeah. And so when I, I know what I need to do to win is to eat and work out right. And I can't just go in there and lift heavy all the time. That would be great for my ego, but my ego lifts aren't going to get me where I need to be. Yeah. And yeah. that's a lot of things people don't – a lot of people go to the gym for their – idea of what they want to look like but they don't put in the discipline the mental discipline the physical discipline the diet discipline to do that yep and that's a big thing it's like it's everyone's like i want to get big i want to get jacked like it's a, it's or stay consistent in yeah the gym and t- stay consistent show up like we, you're talking about you go three days a week if you go three days a week for six months just add a day after the six month yep and then do that for six months and then yep. add another day after those six months you'll be going five days and a week. already like i've i've been thrilled to see that like Things that were, like, already kind of big and, like, kind of toned, like, it's starting to come back. And so the thing that I'm having to remind myself, because a lot of people won't do this, and my coach told me this, is, like, stay out of the mirror. Yes. Stay, stay, out, stay out of the mirror. Because then the you're just going to be, like, you're going to put in less work because you can be like, oh, I look like this. No, like, really, you don't really look like that. It's it's a little growth, but, like, don't get hooked on that because then you're never going to get to, like, where you really want to look. Like, if I pulled out my phone and showed you my progress from 2020 to today. Yeah. If I showed you the original 2020 photo, you'd be like, what the? Yeah. I don't, my wife tells it all the time when I show people. She's like, he doesn't even like the same person. Yeah. And my wife, my wife is my biggest supporter. That's how it should be, bro. I I went and saw my buddy Craver King. He just, he went to the Amateur Olympia in men's physique. He won his overall of the Wings of Strength in Savannah last year. And he got an amateur ticket to go to the Olympia, which the Olympia is like the Masters of Bodybuilding. And. I told my wife before I went, I said, I might get the bug from this. She goes, what? You might get sick. I was like, no, I might catch the bug again. She goes, what bug? I was like, the bodybuilding bug. I was like, I've always wanted to do it. I got back to the competition. I was like, I'm going to do a show. Yeah. And so this January, I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to step on stage this year. I'm going to go through a prep. And she's like, let's do it. And then the other day, I was like. That's how it should be, bro. I, I want to go get my pro card before I'm 40. She's like, let's do it. And my That's wife. It, and no, I'm just saying with my that wife. That is how it should education. be. Like, it shouldn't be. Like, so often people, like, send you the, well, what about this? Well, what about this? No, just help me get there. Yeah. Help me get there. Like, I made a lot of sacrifices for my wife when she wanted to go back and get her education. She, my wife's got her, my wife's got a, a certificate in uh, a lobotomy. She's got a certificate in nurse, uh, certified nursing assistant. She's got a certificate in licensed practical nurse. She's got her associate's degree in, uh, in nursing. She went back to school and got her bachelor's science in nursing. Now she's going back and she wants to get her a critical care nursing certification, which will pay her more. She eventually wants to get her doctor in nurse practitioning, which she is going to. I'm going to make sure she gets it. That's awesome. Because I want her to do it. She's talked yep. about it since we've met. Yep. And she's going to do it. But I've made those sacrifices to make sure that my wife, I was home for my wife to support her. I made sure, and she's made the sacrifices for me. And it's one of those things, like whether you're in a relationship or you've got friends, you have to have dedication to not only just yourself, but making sure that other people in your life succeed as well. If that means you have to work at a job, which I did, I took a pay cut working for that nonprofit we were talking about earlier and literally took a job that I hated, hated, but I, I was home every day. Yeah. I was home to support my wife and cook dinner for her and make sure she was taking care of while she's doing all, while she was working full time and getting her bachelor's. In and in return, she going to turn around and do yeah. the same. And we're, for the, you, we're like that every day. And like when I went and got my real estate license, she's like, go do it. And they're like, last year, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to renew my license. She's like, you worked way too hard for that. Shut up and renew it. Yeah. Okay. That's how my girl's been. Like, everybody's been telling me for so long. Like, and luckily, how I came to like wanting to get my real estate license is 
Jake's fiance actually sold me this house. Yeah. And um, I was just like, man, I really like want to be under like people like that. And I want to work with those people. And um, everybody, I've been talking about it for years. I was like, I want to do this. And I taught myself out of it. Or I just wouldn't put in a work. But then I'd be like, well, I'm kind of tired of working swing shift. Somebody has already like said, hey, we would love for you to be a part of our team. Go handle your business. And I'm like, I'm the problem. Like, I'm in my own way. You're, you're, and then, like, my girl comes around and my girl's like, what are you doing? Like, do it. Like, yeah, go, go do, do it. it. Just go do it. And, yeah. bro, it's you have to have people like that and around then, you, like, bro. My broker, uh, Wilbur. Wilbur Lane, he taught me my, he got, he was our instructor. He worked at Keller Williams when I got my license. He was our instructor for my real estate course. When he left Keller, he called me and told me he was leaving. The first question out of my mouth was, how do I go with you? Dude, he sat me down so many times. He goes, you could be a great real estate agent. You just got to, you got to make it what you want to do. And it's like, it's not that I don't want to be in the real estate as much as I like. I like, I love real estate. It's fun, but I like the gym a lot more. Yeah. And he's, he is one of the best brokers I've ever worked with. To where he's like, hey, I've I've talked with other agents from around the country, and they're like, I joined this brokerage, and they want me to quit my job. I just got my license. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, dude, I make six figures a year at this job. I hate it, but I can't just quit right now. So I, I asked Wilbur, I was like, hey, if I wanted to come up with a plan to leave my job, he's like, let's do a five-year plan. Let's, let's set up our goals and our expectations, and we'll nail them. I really think that's how Josh is. Because, yeah. I, like, I think I don't want to, like – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I know that like I've been told by him, I've been told by Brittany, like there is there is room for you here. Just do what you need to do. And, and you and having people like that in your corner, whether it's real estate or work, the gym, going, hey, we need to set these goals and expectations, and you hit them. Yeah, means the world. Yeah, and then you kind of like you said earlier, you got to get out of your own way sometimes. Yeah, and then like you know, I make like seventy seventy five a year at Bridgestone, and um, I want to get my license, and I do want to leave. But I would love to, like, be able to get my feet into real estate, get set up enough. And I really am only giving myself, like, six months, to be yeah. honest. Um, I don't really want to be there any longer than that. I'm just ready to close that chapter and start another one. But uh, just having somebody that's like, hey, you can do this part-time. And then when you're ready, you can come on full-time. Like, yeah. that's kind of, like, what I'm hoping for. And I kind of think that that's what the situation is going to be. Um, There's a lot of legwork. And you yeah. have, to, like, I have agents that I work with that I have one. He, he recently left our brokerage. He worked at uh, the Honda dealership down the street as a salesman. And he eventually was just like, he went to our broker. He's like, hey, I want to quit. I was like, well, let's work up a plan. And he stuck to the plan. He's a great agent. He's a great guy. But he stuck with a plan. That's all you got it, bro. If you, you stick, stick to it. the plan, bro. And I'm I'm very big on, y'all probably know who Nipsey Hustle is. As somebody yeah. I there's so much stuff like there's always his videos coming out, but he always says that like, if you stick to the plan and it don't go right, then, you know, that's fine. That yeah. means there was something wrong with the plan and I can live with that. But if you out here being reckless and it don't go your way, then you, that's on that's you. Fault. That's yeah. on you, bro. But if you stick to the plan nine times out of 10, it's going to go out because that means you took all the steps to get to where you needed to be accordingly, bro. And you, you followed that. And, uh, yeah, like you just stuck to it, bro. And it's already laid out for you. It's step by step. And and like I'm one of those people that you might have like I went and spoke at the high school at North Augusta. I graduated from North Augusta. And I went and spoke to high school and I talked to I, what I said to the kids was you don't have to go to college to be successful. No, you don't. Understand that college is not for everybody. My parents were like, You gotta go to college. Or the same with your dad. Go to college, go to college, go to college. So I joined the army. 
I was a mature classman for my class, in my opinion. And this is an other teacher's opinion. I was a very mature classmate. But I was like, I have no idea what I want to do for yeah. the rest of my life. I'm not yeah. gonna, and my parents didn't have the money. So I joined yeah. the Army. Well, I got my associate's degree when I was in the Army. I just finished my bachelor's degree last June. But the only reason I got my bachelor's degree is because my wife has got a bachelor's degree in psychology and a bachelor's degree in nursing. I'm like, I can't just be this little smug yeah. got an associate's <laughs> yeah. degree yeah. Yeah. in general studies. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and got my bachelor's degree. But it's one of those things like I told him, I was like, I have a friend of mine who has no college education. He's a welder. He makes more an hour than I do. Yeah. He's a welder. I said, go get your certificate in welding or electrical or plumbing. But you got to stick with the plan. Yeah. you got to develop a plan and stick with it. It doesn't have to be A, B, C, D. But you have to have an idea in your mind. Like you said, six months. Six months I want to be leaving this place yeah. and doing real estate full time. All right. So you got to stick with the plan. Same with the diet. Same with the exercise when you go to the gym. You can't just come to the gym and outwork a bad diet. Yeah. It, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Unless you're just one of those really freak gifts yeah. of the world. Like a Flex Lewis or a Phil Heath. Or you just eat whatever you want, show up, stays dry and just ridiculous. It's just not going to work. There's yeah. some people like that in the world that they, they just do something and they're great at it. Like I had a guy in AIT who didn't know how to play pool. We taught him how to play pool and now he's running gamuts on people in AIT, like making $50, $60 between classes, playing pool, but never knew how to play pool. Someone taught him and he was just good at it. I had a neighbor growing up. He didn't know how to play the guitar. I taught him how to play the guitar. Four years later, he's got a band at USC and Columbia playing at like bars. <laughs> he's just one of those people who just naturally picks up stuff. And then you have those freaks in the world that are just, holy cow, he's really good at this. When did you learn? Oh, about six months ago. What yeah. the? F- <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, so for me, I tried so hard to stick to the plan um, when I went to Atlanta. And, uh, you know, with COVID coming out, there's always going to be some obstacles yeah. in your way. Um, and for me, you know, my plan changed because when I came back here, I was just working until, you know, something happened. Um, there was no plan anymore. And, uh, you know, I met Brittany and she hit me at the time. Uh, she hit me at a time where I had no plan. And so, you know, I felt like, I felt like, I had an opportunity to give exactly what you were talking about, to give her, you know, she had a plan. I had no plan, but I really liked her. So I tried to do everything in my power to get her where she wanted to go. And once, once she got there, then I tried to go back into school and, um, and uh, (laughs) that didn't work out. The plan there didn't work out either, but it was obstacles. And uh, for me, I'm still trying to overcome them. Failure is only failure is only failure if you don't learn from it. Yep. If you fall on your face and you don't pick yourself up and learn from it, it's failure. It is. You got to fail successfully every yes. day. Like Les Brown says it. If you're gonna fall, fall facing up. So at least you can look up. You can get up. Yep. I mean, too many, too many people are scared to take risks because they're scared to fail, bro. Dude, scared money don't make no money. It, exactly. Don't. Like I, your podcast, you were talking about the, uh, with your uh, your uh, mentor. Like, yeah. I grew up. Um, do you like that one? I loved it, dude. Because like a lot of the stuff you were talking about, the same stuff I struggled with in school. I was diagnosed with a learning disability in, high, in middle in elementary school. I was in third grade and couldn't read past the first grade. And my school was like, "We'll just pass him to the fourth grade." My parents were like, "He can't read." Dude, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting an individualized education plan. So I had that all through high school, all through middle school, dude. It wasn't until like my eighth grade in middle school where I was like, "Who cares?" Yeah, dude. I was so embarrassed about it. I was ashamed about it, dude. I was. I graduated in 09 from North Augusta. The North Augusta High School has a school hall of fame. 
I am the only inductee of my class that wasn't in honors or AP. Because my freshman year in high school, my algebra teacher, Miss Susan Davis, but he had the Hall of Fame for the school. I told her that year, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I did. I made it in the Hall of Fame. My classmates voted me in there. Not my teachers, my classmates. Yeah. But it's one of those things. I was the only one. Congrats. Man. Out of that, the thing was like, appreciate it. But out of those like nine, I think there's six or nine of us. I can't remember the number. I was the only one that didn't go to college right out of high school. I was the only one that went. I got, I, got, I applied to college. I got accepted. But I didn't go. Bro, I felt like such a failure in high school. And a lot of people don't notice, and I'm thankful to say it just because based off of, like, what teachers would say and stuff like that. Like, school just wasn't my thing, bro. Yeah, no. And that's what I brought up. Bro, I think I had been expelled. I had went to alternative school twice. I just didn't care, bro. I Like, I was so tired of, like, having to study some stuff that, like, I didn't feel like was going to apply. And I graduated, and I was determined I was going to graduate. And uh, I don't remember how many classmates we had, but – uh. My, like, GPA after I graduated, and this is, like, what really then, like, defeated me for so long. And I was like, man, I have to go to college to prove myself, blah, blah, blah. I think my GPA was, like, a 1.36, bro. Dude. And it was terrible. But now I look back, and I'm like, bro, that 1.36, but I'm working a job with no college degree making what I make now. So, like, for anybody, bro, college does not have to be your thing. High school does not have to be your thing, bro you're going to figure it out at some point. And when you do, like, your timing is your timing, bro. You don't have to be on the time that everybody else is on. Like, my big thing, yeah, I have a house and I have a car and I have a couple of things, but now I'm 27 and I finally feel like I'm stepping into my purpose. And I, I wanted to read this that I uh, posted on Facebook the other day, and I really stand behind this, bro. I said, what I've learned from this is people are truly afraid to go after their own dreams, passion, et cetera, due to their own fear of failure, which we were just talking about. But when the reality of staying in the same place and being unhappy outweighs the fear of failure, then you'll be willing to pursue whatever it is you're passionate about. Some of us reach that realization sooner than others. The ones who haven't will continue to throw hate or throw stones at what you're doing because you placed all the bets on yourself and took that risk, bro. So like like we said, not being scared to fall or like if you're going to fall, like fall face up, bro, like. You, with anything that is big that you want to accomplish, there is a risk to reward. And no. if you're never willing to take that risk to lose, then you're never going to, like, find out if you could have won either. Well, bro. I mean, like, my biggest – today, my biggest accomplishment to me was when I moved home from New York with $70,000 in debt, living with my parents 26 years old, to nearly, like like I said earlier, you know, off of myself, to getting a job where I had purpose and driven and passion. When – that's all that people need sometimes. Yeah. It's like, like your purpose. That Finding that purpose. And I still, like, my purpose now is a gym. That's the only thing that, mm-hmm. that providing for my yeah. life yeah. is my biggest purpose. And being there for my parents and my family and friends. But when my wife and I decided we were going to build a house, I made a video and I posted it on Facebook. Because I had, I had teachers in my life that were just, you are a dumbass. Yeah. I'm, okay. They do that. fine. They do that. But I had a lot of teachers in my life that were like, you can achieve anything you want, Anthony. Yep. Just do it. I had a teacher, matter of fact, she's passed, Miss Pickett at North Augusta High School. My freshman year in high school, I think she was my biology teacher. We were going over protein synthesis and stuff, and I was asking a lot of pro- questions about protein synthesis and amino acids because I knew the gym. I was, I was at the time, I was, I was getting real big into the gym. I came into class one day, and she had signs and symptoms of steroid abuse on my desk. I was like, I looked around. 
Nobody else has got this on their desk. Why does he have this on my desk? So I walk up. I was like, I don't take steroids. I just walked away. Later on that year, she accused me of cheating. <laughs> I'm, I'm lying. She accused me of cheating. I'm in the principal's office being accused of cheating. My parents didn't come to school. Ended up getting it taken care of. <clears throat> Later on that year, she recommends me for the Aiken Character Award. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> full spectrum. But she ended up being one of the teachers that on my senior, junior or senior year that sat in on my education plan by my parents and my resource teacher. And she goes, Anthony is the type of person that's a natural born leader. She goes, if he really wanted to, he could be the president of the United States. That's how much confidence I have in this guy. This teacher went from accusing me of taking steroids, accusing me of cheating, to recommending me for a character award to having that much belief in me. That much belief. And she thought so highly of me and, and liked me so much. As a matter of fact, when she passed away, one of our other teachers that I was, I was real good friends with after I graduated, she messaged me. She goes, I wanted to let you know Gloria thought the world of you. And That's she dope. truly loved you. Like, this teacher accused me of cheating. And, like, it's one of those things is, like, that one teacher, had she had not seen it, so I, she saw something. Yeah. Or, like, your mentor, he saw something in you. Yeah. That did just, that little bit of something, a little bit of confidence from somebody goes a long way with someone like us when we're struggling to yeah. find ourselves. Yeah. In, in, in education or in, in the world where you go, oh, man. But we built, my wife and I sold our house. And we bought five acres, 5.03 acres on a pond over here by Bridgestone. Our house and our land is almost $600,000. Mm -hmm. And I had allowed all that negativity to stay in my life. Had I gone through with that plan, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I told it in the video, and I think Andy even says it, all the haters in my life, I should write you a thank you letter. <sighs> I should write you a thank you letter because without that fuel, I wouldn't be doing this. Dude, and that's my favorite thing he said is like, you got to shove it down their throat. Yeah. I just, when I, when I, we built this house and we moved in that house, I just wanted to shove it down everybody's throat mm -hmm. that, that doubted me, that doubted my dedication, doubted my work ethic because the, I grew up in a household, my, like growing up my house, my life wasn't perfect. My mom is an amazing mom. My dad's mm -hmm. an amazing dad. But growing up, my first ever physical fight was with my dad, 15 years old in the front yard. My last physical fight been was there. with him in the front yard. And for about three years of my life, I didn't talk to him. From the time I moved to Athens, the time I moved home before I went on a mob to Camp Atterbury, I didn't talk to him. And I worked with this old guy named Mike Geegan. And Mike was about 20 or 30 years older than me at the time. He goes, it's none of my business, but I'm going to tell you some little bit of wisdom from this old man. You can go to the rest of your life hating your dad. Or, whether it's your fault or not, say you're sorry. And that's it. Uh, ego check, bro. Dude, from that day on, it's been, I love my dad. My dad could be a hard-headed, stubborn SOB. I love him. And without that, I'm telling you, the, the amount of pressure that man put on me growing up, the amount of like, you have to get this shit done right the first time. And then when I joined the military, it was just like exponentialized more. Yeah. Like my boss even asked me, he's like, why are you so wound tight? I was like, well, this is why. Yeah. And like I had a coworker even ask me, and I told him all of it. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> makes sense. But my dad was so hard on me to, like, do it right the first time. Do it right the first time. It, it, like, he set expectations on me that I don't think he ever set on my little brother. Yeah. But we were at the race, the Darlington race. We go every year. And he said, he's like, I know your life wasn't perfect, and I'm sorry for everything. I was like, I wouldn't trade it for the fucking world. Yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's nothing. No. Nah, that that, it, that it, little bit of stuff made me, just it, like you, made you who you are, made yeah. me who I am. And I wouldn't trade it. And no all way. of that will, like, forge you into 
It's it just you have to you have to take all like in the in the moment you're like this is dumb. I hate everything about this. And then you fast forward. I'm what am I? 15 years older than I was when I was 18. I can't, going, man. Oh, I'm I can't, so glad that went through. I'm, that. I'm about to get ready to wrap it up, but I can't remember who. I think somebody was just sitting down with David Goggins, and it said, uh, "It's a amount of suffering that you have to do to get to where you want to be." Bro. Oh yeah, like you have to be willing to suffer, and you have to be willing to sit in that and deal with it and process it and use it, man. Like, I I hate people that use the victim card. I can't stand it. I I cannot stand it, bro. Joe Rogan says it best. Get him the fuck away from me. Yeah, bro. I I can't stand it. And uh, bro, just just take accountability. Use like whatever your background is, and then going into what Andy says, and I say it all the time because of him. Use all of that negativity and turn it into productive action, yeah. bro. And you'll you'll think regardless when you get to that the other side, you will thank all of the people that hated you. You'll thank the people that supported you. You'll thank whatever situation that you had to go through in life that you didn't understand at the time, it'll all make sense in yeah. the end, bro. Because it's it's who and what like made you who you are. And it's the reason that you will have achieved some of these great things or what put you on that path that you're on, bro. I mean, and I'm 27 and realizing this and like, yeah. I can't like, you're older than me, but just seeing, and you Jake, um, just seeing like how we've gotten to where we are now. And all of our stories are so different and everybody loves the diversity of this podcast. Um, but it's just awesome, bro, and I love being around people that do not use that victim mentality because we all have some shit story, bro. Like, we all do, but it's just like, okay, if you don't like it, what are you going to do to change it? Are you yeah. just going to sit here and be pissed off all the time? Are you going to be negative? Or are you going to be complacent? Is that what – because that's what the rest of your life will be, bro. Yeah, you, you could have stayed in Atlanta yep. and been miserable. We, we all have obstacles. We just have to get over them. Yeah. You have to get out of your own way. Yeah, you have to get out of your own way. So Thank you. Sometimes. Thank you. I, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone says it. Uh, was that the Rocky movie where he goes back and fights where he's talking to his son? Life will sometimes punch you in the face, and if you allow it to keep you there, it will. Yeah. yeah what I'm, a scene, by the way. Dude, it's yeah. one of the best speeches ever. Is like life is not sunshine and rainbows. It's like Seth Ferrosi says, owns Axe and Sledge and AR Supplements. Life's not all sunshine and blowjobs. It's not. The life is a cruel, hard mistress, and it will punch you and beat the shit out of you every day. Yeah. And you have to be harder and stronger than yeah, that thing. And sometimes it, sometimes it's going to win. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Yeah. You just got to get up. I know I know you're about to wrap it up, TK. Yeah. I just want to say, when I asked this man if he, you know, maybe wanted to do your podcast, I had no idea he had such a great voice, bro. Dude, he has a podcast <laughs> he voice, He has dude. a podcast voice. Bro, people are going to think, like, this is his episode. And I'm cool with it, bro. That's like, I'm, exactly. I think people are going to really like this episode, I'm, bro. I'm, I'm glad well, that. I hope so. I'm yeah. glad that. And, bro, like, this this won't be the only one that we do. Like, oh, it's do, the door I, is more than open, bro. Like, I'm anytime, bro. Like, I'm, for sure. Uh, the one thing that I've always, I've always tried to, like, Facebook, just talking to people in general, don't, don't allow the bullshit that you hear outside of your ears worry you no like we talked about going to the gym you go to the gym to battle your demons whether you go to the gym like i got a buddy that's going through some stuff it's like you need to go find your own self yeah he's like i don't like being alone it's like you have to you, be alone you have to bro to figure it out yep. yep nobody nobody nothing i'm gonna say nothing anybody else is gonna you say. just gotta sit there bro in that in that suffering and that silence and that like that uncomfortable you like, have I, to sit I've there got, bro i got about 100 acres i leased to hunt edgefield and my, I'll tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go check trail cams and I'm going to drop corn. I'll bring one of my rifles and about four cigars and I'll spend three hours out there. 
It don't take me 30 minutes to check curl crams or drop corners. <laughs> but I'm just in my own head. Yeah. yeah. You TK. have to have okay. You have to be okay being in your head every once in a while. TK, I know you said in another podcast that you don't hunt or anything. Have you been hunting since then at all? I know that probably wasn't long ago, was it? I've never been hunting. I'll okay. Take, I'll take you hunting this year. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I've never been hunting either. I'll so. take you hunting. Yeah. yeah. I got four or five stands. We got about 100 acres. Only thing I'm really good with is a 50 cal. I'm a, <laughs> I, I'm a demon with that thing, boy. I ain't going to lie to you. Hey, I ain't, I ain't catch no bodies overseas, and I ain't going to sit here and act like Billy Badass. But, hey, we quad expert every time, and I can promise you. Well, I, I don't have a 50 cal to shoot with, but I've got some 308s. That's probably days. good for the deer out there. I can <laughs> tell you that, buddy. But, like, no, it, you be okay being uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Like, the first day I got out of uh, basic training, when drill sergeants came up to us, and he goes, the only thing constant in life is change. Get used to it. And yep. just walked away. Yep. That's the only thing constant in life. Yeah. Just you have to get out of your own head, keep putting one foot in front of the other, Sometimes you're going to get knocked the hell out and knocked on your ass. It's okay. Yeah. Just keep with it. Yeah. Don't. And as for someone that's been down a dark rabbit hole of wanting to off my own self, if you're in that hole, surround yourself with people that give a damn. Yep. Don't. Facts. You were, like we said earlier, the sum of all the people you hang around with. If you're yep. some yep. of bunch of people that just, oh, I don't know why it's always this. Suck. Get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. Surround yourself with people, like you said. You seek, once you start seeking people that you want, hey, I want to be a real estate mogul. Hey, I want to have, all, you know, Second income and all this stuff. You start yep. seeking those people, it'll start happening. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that is all the time that we have for the podcast today. Uh, I guess that extra 30 minutes on the back end is from what we uh, <laughs> didn't record the first time. It was a good warm-up. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate y'all coming. Uh, Jake, it's always a pleasure. Anthony, it was wonderful meeting yeah, you brother. today, and I'm very excited to see where um, this friendship and yeah, uh, it just builds from here, bro. And uh it's awesome, man. I appreciate y'all supporting the podcast. Um, for everybody else that's listening, um, as always, share it, save it, and subscribe to it. Uh, elevate and separate, and peace and love, baby.